welcome to uh, Coaching Falcons. Uh, yeah. I'm in the process of uh, talking with a former uh, athlete at Perry Meridian High School, uh, Travis Moore, who was a football and track and field uh, star at the high school back in the uh, uh, early 2000s, I think it was. I mean, time has, has, has passed since then. But uh, talking with him, uh, we got in contact with one another, and uh, we're just going to sit and talk a little bit, talk about the uh, way things were back in the day, and kind of see what's going on these days, and uh, just have a, a conversation. At any rate, um, I'm talking a little bit more about football, but I graduated in 99, and you know, track was my, my primary sport, and uh and so I was a high hurdler there. Uh, I moved on to uh, Tri-State University. Now that's Trine University. And I played yeah. football there for two years and then uh, transferred to Indiana. Uh, I had a, a little bit of interest from Indiana, uh, but I had already told Tri-State that I was going to play football there. So um, I had a bunch of friends that were older than me at Tri-State. So I actually transferred out of Tri-State to Indiana, run track, and uh I wonder how things would have worked out if I had kind of flipped that around because I really uh, put on some weight when I was, you know, training for football and just didn't have the uh, the same body uh, um, or diet <laughs> that I should have when, <laughs> when I transferred down to transferred down to IU and and those hurdles are a little higher and that oh, definitely yeah. throws your uh, throws off your thing and 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 um, Coach Goss, the head coach, when when I was when I started there, was kind of on his way out. Um, I don't really know the, the backstory to that, but, um, you know, so I, he, he, he was the one that recruited me, but I barely had much, much converse with him. Uh, it was much more with coach Bathia and, you know, he was a great coach yeah. and I, I think he's, he's moving up. Um, I just went to the indoor track and field championships, uh, which is close to my house here. Um, I moved, uh, my entire family last year. I have two kids. Um, one is, uh, my daughter is Valerie. She's got, she's six years old and my son is three. Uh, both of them just had birthdays recently this spring and summer. Uh, but at any rate, um, in 2021, we, uh, moved, uh, to, to Akron, um, not knowing exactly where we we're going to live, but we wanted to be closer to all of their cousins. Um, so that's the reason why we, we made the trip out here. So, um, it's a great area. I love it. Um, um, but that's where I'm at right now. And, um, I was in it for 15 years and decided, you know, if I wanted to run my own company, I would have to kind of get out of it and do something, uh, something different. And now I'm a recruiter and, um, run, I'm just absolutely loving running my own co uh, company, uh, where I don't have to beg people to, uh, um, you know, stay home, uh, when my kids are sick, that kind of thing. So, right, right, right. So, yeah, that's kind of, I know, I know earlier we, we talked a little bit about the stealth force. And yep. uh, when I had that conversation with them, I went back over to the high school and was in my old classroom when I was talking to uh, Kenyatta Carter, Absalom Bryant, and Marcus Garrett. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about the stealth force and, you know, how all that came about and, you know, me as the track coach and those guys were always uh, in the process of trying to figure out how not to do something or how to get in trouble, <laughs> you know? So I was constantly uh, with them. And then you throw in Bobby Burton and yep. Bobby was always hanging around and, and uh, uh, you know, it seemed like Absalom and Bobby were like, I mean, Kenyatta and Bobby were like brothers and Absalom was like, they're all cousins. 
one thing about uh, Perry at that time is that everybody had we had a lot of good camaraderie with mm-hmm. the athletes. Yep. Uh, everybody hung out with everyone. If you saw one, you saw the others. Uh, you really saw one by themselves, you know, because it was such a tight knit uh, right. group of individuals and uh, the football team and the track team and everybody. I mean, football and track are like two peas in a pod, right? So mm-hmm. they go together. And uh, if you didn't run track, you played football and vice versa and so on. So football always, we always dealt with the speed aspect and speed endurance, you know, cause you only run 40 yards and for the most part in, in football. And it's rare that you run, you know, 70 or 80 yards. But what, what track and field does is that it puts in that speed endurance because, you know, with football, everybody concentrates on the 40. And yeah. so if the ball's on the minus 20 and the guy going to run 80 yards, well, you have to run further than 40 yards. Mm-hmm. So track and field helps build that speed endurance so that you can, you know, not slow down as fast as other people do and so on. So, yeah, but the the um, stealth force, that was a good interview. Those guys were great. Uh, I, I tend to forget that I thought that you were with that group and I'm I had to. I had to well, picture. Had to picture in my mind. I was just over to the weight room the day lifting, and just saw you and Brian Dexter's uh, picture up on the wall. Yeah, the Hall of Fame, man. Yeah, Wall of Fame, and, and they redid all those. They they redid the Wall of Fame. They made the pictures smaller, and they put them on metal pieces so they don't oh. uh, so they don't uh, fade or whatnot. So it, it's it's yeah. done. They're able to get more people up there uh on yeah. the wall of fame right and i was so what they were going to do with that um but uh yeah i have to check that out that must be a new addition I, I was out there not too long ago and checked that out but um but as far as the stealth force i, I would say i would say we were i don't know second generation uh stealth force members and we, <laughs> yeah you know especially on on days of meets i was always trying to stealth the uh you know weight room class you know, we were just like, well, we can't, we can't do anything, coach. We got a, uh, we got, we got to meet tonight and that right. kind of thing. So, right. Uh, you know, we, I would consider us second generation members, and you know, as far as those guys, you know, calling them brothers, I, I would consider us all cousins of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we had our own group of brothers, and uh, we were, you know, we hung out. You know, like you said, we were together all the time. We would go out to the club on the weekends and, you know, into our college years and stuff like that. And, uh, and like I mentioned before, just hearing those, vo- those voices together like that really, really created an image in my mind that I appreciate. And I, I'm really happy that you're doing the podcast is what I'm trying to say. And my question, one of the questions I had to you is why, why do you want to do that? I mean, like, who's your audience? Um, <laughs> I, I would assume that your, your son loves to hear that, some of that stuff, you know what I mean? Just kind of hear what his dad did for a living. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, you know, Travis, is there's not a, a whole a lot about me. It's more about the the culture at Perry Meridian at the time that I taught and coached there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the culture has changed at Perry Meridian. The school looks totally different. Uh, yeah. The athletes are totally different. Uh, most, you know, usually a lot of kids follow their parents' lead and so on. 
But a lot of Perry's top athletes have moved down the center row and moved elsewhere, you know, so all their kids are going through their programs. Yeah, I've heard some of that. Some of it, that's a lot of it. You know, you throw a rock at center row's football team, you're going to hit a former Perry Township kid, you know, and their program has taken off and Perry's has struggled a little bit. It's actually struggled a lot uh, in the past uh, decade or so. And so, right. you know, about the rules for the IHSAA that have changed. I that think that's, changed. That's a that, shame. Yeah, yeah, that changed a lot. And there were Division One athletes that would uh, leave uh, the middle school and go to Decatur Central or go to go to uh, Cathedral or go to Ron Colley. And they wouldn't come across the street. So, you know, it doesn't take that many athletes, you know, to make a big change in um, a, a culture of a football team or a track team or whatnot. It only takes one or two guys. And I, I bring up, I always bring up Mike Brizendine because he was a cultural change at Perry Meridian. Mm-hmm. When he came across the street as a, a freshman, I remember, and Coach Potter and I remember him saying, you know, count on me, Coach, we're going to make this team into a winning team. Yeah. And it it turned into that exactly. It was him and his uh, single-mindedness and toughness, even though that Mike Brizendine wasn't a big guy, he had a heart as big as New York City and and worked his ass off in order to uh, uh, achieve big things for the school. And that was the beginning of the change from Perry Meridian being known as Perry Ferris to Perry Meridians being known as those guys hit, those guys can run, those guys play hard every down. And mm-hmm. so some of that has gone to the wayside and kids today don't know much about that. So yeah. me doing the podcast is a way of introducing some of the athletes that are there now to athletes that went through the school that had a great deal of success, you know, didn't win state championships, but were always competitive with everybody. Don't care who we came up against. We were competitive against them. And um, the coaching staff was a lot different, you know, with uh, as far as football goes, he had uh, coach Potter, coach Wade, coach Zimmerman, myself, and a whole host of different coaches that um, helped, you know, bring about the the change and the cultural change in the football program, you mm-hmm. know. And then on the track side, you know, Coach Clore, more than anything, and me being the head coach, he was like my mentor, you know. Yeah. Well, I knew that when he was going to retire that somebody had to coach the hurdlers, and right. that was going to be me. So at age 39, I had Coach Clore to teach me how to run the hurdles, Right, I heard that in a previous podcast. And I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask a couple of things about Coach Clore. Is, is his scholarship still a thing? Do people uh, is that still a thing there at Perry? Do I don't you know? know. I haven't heard. I haven't heard much about it. I don't think it is because I think uh, it's either uh, Chad was responsible for it, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, as time goes by, yeah, you know, I, I don't. I was looking at scholarships uh, at the graduation program um, in in May, 
and I don't remember seeing uh, okay. his scholarship there. Yeah. You know, so, but go ahead. I guess, uh, so I was going to ask you about, you know, I heard that you were coaching hurdlers, hurdlers and uh, I was wondering uh, if you had any success with any other hurdlers, you know, obviously. And then I definitely wanted to mention, uh, you know, Dexter, myself and yeah. Jason Hall. Uh, right. we, you were talking about beating Ben Davis in the sectional. Well, we beat them in the state meet, if you remember that. Right. Yes, um, in 1999. Yeah, we scored so more thought, points than they did. Absolutely. Yeah, so that was yeah. that was something I wanted to definitely uh, kind of uh, boast about a little bit. Um, make sure that nobody forgot about that. But, <laughs> well, you know, we, Perry Meridian was always kind of stealthy anyway, because <laughs> if you if you go back and look at it, I mean, uh, when you came across the the, the street. It was you and uh, Dewan Striggs were the, the top mm-hmm. sprinters, the, the fastest guys. And I learned from uh, Coach Clore that whoever is your top guy, let him go ahead or she go ahead and run the, you know, one, the two, and you get your second fastest or the fastest guy and teach him how to hurdle. And that way you're always going to score points, you know, because – a lot of people are afraid of hurdlers, of hurdling, and hurdlers score lots of points. Yeah. And so, you know, Dexter was tall and lanky, and um, when when he ran, you know, hurdles, he just kind of stepped over. And right. you you were much more technical than than um, uh, Brian, yeah. and so you had to have the speed, the quickness, and uh, you had to have a hell of a trail leg in which you did have and so i don't think if i remember correctly your junior senior year you probably won the conference or came in first or second in the conference if i remember correctly yeah uh i mean marion county marion county champion i think at least one of those years yeah definitely uh, yeah and we had a group of uh of guys back then that were just phenomenal. And going to the state meet back in that time, um, if you score 20, 30 points, I mean, you score a lot of points. It's yeah. not like that now. Right. In order, in order to win, you know, I, I, went, I went to the 1995 track meet with one individual and okay. we finished, we finished 10th. Nice. <laughs> and that was Dion Pendergrass. Pendergrass. Yeah, you know he yeah. came in. He came in second in the long jump and third in the uh, in the um, um, one hundred, and then scored in the two hundred. So, I mean, you didn't have to score a whole bunch of points back then. But as time went by, uh, track and field in the state of Indiana has just exploded. Yeah, and you know, and you were part of that. And and Brian Dexter was part of that. And even Jason, you know, Jason came out of nowhere throwing the I, shot put. I was I mean, going to yeah, I was going to mention if the state track meet was like three weeks later than it was and he kept getting as good as he was just basically from the end of the season to the state track meet. And he kept going. He would have right. placed higher than what I, I think it was ninth or yes. eighth or something like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We're just like, dude, where have you been? I mean, like, <laughs> he's throwing shot, and it's like the the last throw he had, 
the was like you know three feet further than the last one. You know what I right, mean? Right. And it's just right. like amazing. And it's like, and I was just thinking, you know, thinking about the three hundred. And I was like, you know, when I was in college and maybe after college, I regret not putting more into the 300 because I hated running more than 200 yards so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, because, yeah, if, if you could, if you can, if your legs didn't give out by the 200 meter mark in the 300 and I felt like I had, I probably had more in the tank that I just didn't, I wasn't interested. And then, you know, I pulled my hamstring every time I walked up the stairs. So I didn't want to. I didn't was trying to protect myself, I guess. But yeah, yeah, you did have you did have some hamstring problems. I don't think you I don't think you finally figured it out until maybe your senior year that you were able yeah. to get through it. Yeah, it's funny because my wife is a physical therapist and um, uh, Randy Kegris is the physical therapist that said, Travis, your hips are tilted forward. So yeah, it, it made total sense to me that I was pulling my hamstrings and I had a bunch of back problems. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's just like, you're going to have to keep them super warm. And that's why I wore neoprene sleeves. Right. Uh, right. Every time I played football and ran track. And uh, yeah, so um, I wore neoprene sleeves around my legs when I ran track and played football and uh, just realized I had to stretch super, you know, a lot. You know, even even before the, the couple seconds before the, the gun would go off, I would have to really stretch those hamstrings to keep them loose. And, and it wasn't much of a problem. Uh, in football when I got to college, but I pulled it maybe once or twice in, in college. And, um, and so, yeah, that was, that was a bummer, but my wife started working for that physical therapist, um, you know, before he retired. So it was kind of weird that, that I was coming back to him and he was like my, I don't know. He was like the guy that figured it out for me. Figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. I, there's, there's, there's one, specific memory that I always remember of you in football, and that is we were playing Southport in the sectional over at Manual. And mm-hmm. it was a foggy night, kind of cold, and we were just barely hanging on, you know, barely hanging on. I think we finally got a lead with about, oh, I don't know, maybe two minutes to go in the game or something like that. Yep. And um, Coach Wade was, of course, was a special teams coach. And he told, uh, I forget, maybe Mike Shockley or whoever the, Mike, either Mike Shockley, David Guthrie, or somebody, somebody, I don't remember exactly. But Coach Wade specifically says, you know, Coach Wade's dialect. He goes, I tell you what, boys, we're going to win this game. And when you kick the ball off, I want you to kick the ball. I don't care where you kick it, but don't kick it to number 30. Kick the ball to the right, kick it to the left, but don't kick it to number 30. Kick the ball out of bounds if you have to. Don't kick it to number 30. And guess who he kicked it to? Number 30. (laughs) And that was, uh, I think, was Brett Strong. Okay, I remember him. Yeah, I mean, he got the ball, and I went, oh, my God. Oh my God! And then out of out of out from the country, <laughs> from the way back came Travis Moore and tackled him at the uh, four yard line. Oh, I do not remember that play. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was a kickoff. What? It was a kickoff. That was, that was sectionals, okay. and it was uh, you tackled him at the four yard line, and it was first and goal at the four, and they did not score. 
And yeah, we, ended okay, up, cool. we, ended up, we ended up winning the game, but it was you, the only person that was fast enough to catch him because Brent Strong, he, he had some wills himself. You know? Yeah, no, that's great. I, I got so many plays like that. I remember Coach Thornton, um, or I mean, Coach uh, Duffy was like, you just ran some dude over. And I was like, I don't, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, I got a couple of memories that man, I we I mean we we could talk on and on and on about some of the stories. Um, I know yeah. you guys are talking a little bit about the Martinsville game, and um, and I kind of remember that different. Um, and I actually met Coach Potter probably five years ago. Okay, at, at the airport, and uh, and so I'm talking to you, talking to him, and I'm like, hey, I was just thinking about this story that you gave us. You know, where we were at, we were at Martinsville. And he said that some some old parent came up to Coach Potter, kind of touched him on the face like a slight, light little slap and said, piece of cake, piece of cake, coach. And so told that to the whole I don't know what year that was or whatever. And, and it got me fired up for sure. And at the airport, Coach Potter was like, he starts laughing like crazy. He's like, I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he uh, would do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But man, we, and it could have been my senior year because you know we had gotten fired up our junior year. I remember you guys telling that story uh, about Martinsville, and those guys getting all all hyped for that. Um, but uh, yeah. but yeah. I, the, what I remember about the Southport game was, um, um, uh, shoot, I can't remember the name of the play, but uh, Hoyt was our quarterback, uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Hoyt, and uh, and we needed a first down. And I think this is what gave us the lead maybe or something like that. Um, but uh, he was supposed to roll left and he rolled right. And so they were like, after the play, after the game was over, everybody's laughing and, and happy about it after the game because we won. But they're like, uh, you know, Hoy, we didn't have a roll right <laughs> uh, on this one. We, it was supposed to be roll, roll left. And so he rolls right the other way and I'm way on the other side of the field. And I'm telling you, he threw a ball that took like three days to get to me. (laughs) And so we got, and so we get closer and closer, uh, after that play. And then we, uh, we, we, we were in the full formation. We were probably on the floor now, maybe, maybe further back than that. And, uh, you know, behind all my buddies, I went in there and scored that touchdown. Um, and then maybe, Maybe that's when Coach Wade was saying, don't kick it to 30. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, that's right. <laughs> I remember that game. And then I think that was when we went on to the sectional championships against Decatur Central. Yeah. And uh, and I was and and uh, I got I was supposed to cover Tyrese Butler uh, for basically third and long. And they said, Travis, don't let him get outside. And lo and behold, what did I do? I let him get outside. And man, that was our last game. And that one hurt me for a while, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, something like that. You, you'll never forget it. You know, yeah. I can remember something like that happening when I was in high school. It's like yeah. playing against Meade County. We were playing in the slop and mud, and they actually put cow shit out there to dry out, draw uh, some of the water out. Oh wow! And I remember I hadn't fumbled all year, man. Oh. And then I fumbled the damn ball, and they went down and scored and won the damn game. I, I to this day, here I am, yeah. 60, 65 years old, remembering something when I was, you know, seventeen. Yeah, you know, and we'll never forget it. So yeah. that's what. 
I was going to say those are good lessons. Um, I had one great lesson from you. I remember one time when David Guthrie was on our four by one team and um, he might've, he might've had a slow leg or something like that, but I just went, I just kind of went berserk on him and I was like, man, I'm sick of this or something like that. <laughs> you put me right in my place. And you, you, it was something along the lines of like, he's on our team. He's a teammate. So you need to respect him. And, uh, and so I'll never forget that. Yeah. Uh, and who knows what happened before somebody could have been hurt. You know, I, yeah. you know, you can't remember. Uh, and, and literally with track and field, you don't know what's going to happen from mm-hmm. time to time, especially when it comes to relays. I mean, there's only three relays. In right. the, there's only three team things in the entire meet. There's a four, yeah. there's a four by eight, the four by four and the four by one. And at any point in time, Somebody can get hurt. Somebody is not there on time. They're just having a bad day. You just, you just don't know. I mean, yeah. I've had I've had people at the last second, just when they get ready to start a race. Like I was at a, a sectional meet, mm-hmm. and uh, we were getting ready to run the four by four. This was when I was coaching the girls, and um, my one of my three of the four were good to go and the fourth one suddenly says I can't run and mm. they are walking to the start yeah. and uh, I had to tell one of the girls don't start the race and then just run to me okay it was like um, the, I think she was running the 800 because she had to run the 4 by 4 Okay. the other girl got hurt in the 400 well she didn't get hurt she just couldn't do it because she was weak, <laughs> you know, she was, she was hurting after the 400. So okay. I told this one girl, I mean, she's walking up to the 800 and I said, Cassie, start the race and run to me. And she was, she goes, what? Start the race and run directly to me. What? Run to me. So they started a race and I was on the inside curve And she ran to me and just stopped because, you know, the rule is if you if you don't start a race, it makes you ineligible to run the rest of the meet. Okay. so if you start. So she started the race. She just didn't finish. So she was able to run the four by four. And we ended up scoring, you know, like six, eight points for that by running the four by four. So it gave us a better chance. And so. Sometimes those things happen, just like with David Guthrie. Who knows what happened prior to that? You know? Well, right, and it was frustration that probably was more than more than one day. I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, it uh, could have been that we just didn't have anybody else that could run. Right, right. Yeah, I remember he was fast. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, and so. I remember, man, I think he was first and then uh, Marshall Winston, Winston Price was second Ooh. and then I was third and then handed off to Dewan. And okay. uh, so really, yeah. we only had two members. On. We, we had two really good members and we had two OK members on that four, yeah. four by one team. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, well, we did what we could do because, right. you know, we're not well, we're I remember not Marshall like Ben Davis. Really good, uh, experience with the handoffs. So that was cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, awesome. all right. I'll tell you what, Travis, it was, I, I'm a, we're, we've been doing this for a few minutes and I have to edit a couple things, but it was good talking to you, man. And, um, uh, whenever I get some other stuff up, I'll make sure that I've got your contact. I'll make sure okay. that I'll get in contact with you and, uh, you know, we can, uh, continue this sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. I, yeah, I can, I can talk a lot. I was, I wanted to say I did love, uh, the stories of, you know, I knew shorts clipboard from the Marston <laughs> Dome. I knew that was coming. I, was, <laughs> I started listening to the podcast. And so I, I really enjoy that story. Um, just heard about uh, you guys beating Ben Davis in the sectional and they bringing out their varsity kicker to kick the field goal. I'm like, in that Ben Davis for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They would do stuff like that. Coach told me first graduating class of prayer and reading. I did not know that. So I just wanted to say I'm really enjoying it and uh, and hope you can keep doing it. So that's pretty cool. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate it. And then um, like everything else, I'll kind of do as I do as I can. I mean, I enjoy doing these podcasts because I get to talk to people that I've uh, learned and coached and respected for for many years. And it gives other people an opportunity to uh, see what Prairie Meridian High School was like. Uh, back in the day and uh, even now I even talk to some of the some of the players and athletes and coaches today so that I can just put something out there that somebody may or may not uh, want to uh, listen to in the future but it's always going to be out there so yeah you know like everything else I enjoy it and will continue to do it very cool I'm going to check out the other podcast I think that'll be good too so all right then well uh, with that in mind I'll I'll just say uh, my last words from the podcast, if I remember correctly, is let's go Falcons. (laughs) Yeah. All my life. (laughs) Work, 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 work. work. (laughs) Very cool. 